All right, and welcome to Hattrick Sports Talk, our second episode of the week. Both will be probably release around the same time, uh, so you guys will get double the content this week to suffer the last few weeks we've been out and the coming week as well. Wait. As always, I'm here with Shane and Brandon. How are you all doing? Uh, pretty, pretty good. Good stuff. Yeah, you know. Good stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's another day, another twenty four hours. Yeah. yeah that's that is that is what a day is i couldn't think of anything clever to say i'm sorry <clears throat> any uh other time stipulations before we start um uh, uh I, I don't know uh, how many minutes are in a day 24 times 60 whatever that is anyways okay <laughs> i can do the calculation right now all right and let's get started speaking of time it is the Milwaukee Bucks time as Ooh. they won their second championship in franchise history. The last one was 15 years ago in 1971 with Oscar Robinson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the gang. Now it's Giannis Chris Milton in the gang. So let's first start with this, Shane, um, because I, I, I in watching this series and, you know, a few a few a few hours after um, after game six, I thought about this. So one comment that you made is like, this is probably the best finals we could have gotten. But also another thing came to mind uh, watching the last four games of this series as well, which is that this wasn't really a three-point based series that we've had the last few years. These were two teams that were very willing to go into the paint. Phoenix had, you know, some three-point shooting, of course, the Cam Johnson campaign and, and, you know, and of course, Devin Booker. But this is really a series kind of dominated by by mid-range shots but mostly in the paint getting fouls and I thought that was interesting it, it's a much different series in the last four or five years yeah especially you know like nothing like uh you know Golden State because that was their their big thing for all that time <clears throat> and you know I think <clears throat> I think the reason that is is because Milwaukee is obviously not a three-point shooting team like whatsoever uh their best like their best three-point guy is chris middleton and i mean he's not even that great half the time wait you're you're saying that Giannis isn't a three-point shooter forget that he ain't even a free throw shooter like uh yeah like you know he you know i will say this about Giannis: his free throw shooting got better and better throughout the playoffs to the point where he was like in the finals, not, I mean, game six, obviously it was incredible, but like even leading up to that, he was pretty consistent for the most part with the free throws, but <clears throat> regardless, that's just not the kind of team Milwaukee is. I think that's kind of goes without saying. And so, you know, as a result, I mean, they were the better team in the series. And so they kind of dictated what the games were like. <clears throat> at least three through six, but, <laughs> um, but still, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, they, they definitely, it was a very physical series. A lot of guys getting thrown around and uh, shoved over and whatever, which, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of refreshing <laughs> to see that, you know, and um, not that I necessarily want that to be, how the I mean, league is. I mean, I, I, as y'all know, I, I loved 
I loved <laughs> the finals, especially games three through six. Just like yeah, it it. First of all, I just like to say. I I feel I feel like I was the only one out of the three of us who who was behind my boys the 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 Bucks this whole go through I was I was getting some like I was getting some like real Suns bias over here uh, a little from, bit from uh, from the from the Celosi side of the of the show uh, you know and, I, and I'll just I'll just say this um, I was neutral. Yeah, you were pretty neutral. I think I feel like Robert. I, I switched. So I switched. Right. Like, I was kind of right. like the rest of the media. Where it's like I felt that to the first two, like, and that that's the thing with the media. Like, I think especially this year as a whole, the entire season, we kind of had to be a lot more recency biased based than I think we would have liked. So, and that's just because of like how weird the year was. Something interesting. Something that I that I also want to bring up is, I know I I know I throughout the series I I think when we talked, Robert. Before I went on my, I think the last time I actually did the show, yeah, uh, I brought up the we I the uh, we I may have talked about this on the show, but I know we talked about it off the show. But the whole idea of the Suns, if they won, whether the uh, the fact that they had an easy path to the finals, whether it made it, it would have made it like an asterisk. Um, and as I've said, I don't believe NBA finals should be asterisk-sized. Um, but I do believe an aspect of that conversation does have some relevancy here with how the finals went down. Because I think in a way, the Suns were not prepared for playing a, a fully healthy squad through six they they were they were used to playing just being able to trample over a team and that's kind of what they were able to do in the first two games with Giannis coming back from his injury and then you had boom 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 four games done and an aspect of that was them pl- getting healthy again but also i think it's this the fact that nba the nba is really a game a sport of of momentum and if you can keep getting big plays to get that momentum going, you're gonna probably win. And and like one one aspect of that that I uh, bring up is the fact that I believe game three and game four, Milwaukee had back to back big plays, it, or it might have been four and five. Was it game four? Well, Giannis five? blocks. Giannis because Giannis had his yeah. block in game four. And then same and, in game five, which the, is very similar. Well, wasn't the steal in game five the strip, the strip and the and he the also alley-oop. had a block. He also right. had a block early in that game too, I believe. If I'm not mixing him up, I think my my point was I I honestly going into game six, I knew the Bucks were going to win. We knew it was over. Just we looked, all knew the, it was over. The, the, yeah, the Suns just looked defeated, like really defeated. Um, particularly, I want to. I do want to get your guys' opinion. Um, and you, do you think CP3 sticks around? So, so let's think about this. Let's think about this contractually first. This is the important thing to remember. Uh, I'll let Shane go after I mentioned the contractual obligation. So he's due to make, let, let's call it what, like kind of what it is and say $47 million. 
He's due to make $47 million this year. If he goes anywhere else, I believe, based on the, I believe it's now over 36 or I think might be over 37 now um, because CP3 kind of lobbied for the league to change it under the CBA rules of like, so I believe the former rule was if you're over 38, you cannot make over like a certain number. Um, and I think unless you're with your current team. Um, so theoretically speaking, I don't think he can make like 20 to 30 plus million um, if he goes somewhere else. And I think he's only allowed to sign a three-year deal if he goes somewhere else. So the logical thing for him to do contractually is to not take the option and re-sign with Phoenix because it would give him more longevity to do so regardless of the 46 or whatever, 40, let's just say 47. Like, I think it's like 46, 35 next year, something like that. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. I, I, go, go ahead, Shane, before I sort of give my take on if he should leave or stay, but, but keep in mind those contract stipulations as well. If I, I hope I'm getting those correct, but at least that's what I've heard. Yeah. I, I agree with you, you know, from the money standpoint. Um, But the thing is, I don't, I don't get the impression that that is his primary concern at this point. I think he's looking at his career now and thinking, I want a ring, you know, and wherever it is that I need to be to get that, you know, I'll do it, whatever. And I think <clears throat> with Phoenix, I mean, I, I, we're just considering how good the West is. And regardless of the West, just looking at the East, you got Milwaukee, they'll be back and strong. Uh, Brooklyn will presumably be healthy. <laughs> we'll get to both of those temporarily. teams in the futures here. Um, you know, Philly could still be really good. Who knows? And so I think if Phoenix really wants to compete with that, because I agree with Brennan that I, I don't feel like Phoenix was truly the best team in the West this year. Um, I would, I mean, if everybody was healthy, I think Utah, uh, Clippers and possibly Denver would have all beat, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I mean, even but the Lakers probably. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I but mean, you, can't, you really can't you count know. out the the power that AD brings. You know. Right. Um, when but, healthy, of course. When healthy, yeah. <laughs> and um, when playing, right? And yeah. Uh, and here's here's my thing. I agree with you, Shane. I think I be, I think I might have cut you off, but uh, I, if I believe yeah, yeah. if I saw if I am right about where you were going with this, like you basically believe he's going to leave and go to another team. Um, yeah. I think you're right. I think he's going to embrace his role as the villain in the NBA. He's going to say, <laughs> I don't really care what you think. I'm going to go to a team. I'm going to get myself a ring. Yeah, most people already think of – most people already, like, apparently in the media, most people, like, have heard – like, a lot of media members have talked about how they've heard from other – players who have played with him that he's kind of an ass um 
on their like. And yeah, Robert, he's arrogant. He's pre- I've heard, like listening to a lot of national radio. They've talked about like this how this whole like narrative that he's actually he's like this good guy is actually just like a bunch of crock. Um, I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing with him is he just expects a lot out of his right. team. He expects is, to win, which is, which is why which is fine. Like Devin, Devin talked about this. Devin and DeAndre Ayton yeah. both talked about this and said that was the best thing in my career because it just kind of told him to put up or shut up. Right. Which is fine. But honestly, if you're like that, embrace your, like, embrace the villain and go, go to another team, go to the Lakers, win yourself a ring. Because the fact is like, you're not going to with the Suns. I'm sorry, Suns fans. If there's any Suns fans listening, you're never gonna. You're not gonna win one anytime soon. And the fact is, frankly, I think it's more likely that Devin Booker, at the end of his contract, goes, "Sorry, I stuck around for this long. I got that close. I need a ring." Like I think, I mean, book book at this point is what he signed that extension what was that two years ago now something, something like, like that. that two three years ago now he's coming he's like i think maybe on the third or fourth year of that extension so maybe after this contract i think yeah. he stays for the rest of the extension but i i'll say this i if i'm chris paul i regardless of the the over 36 role or whatever i i'm if i'm him I'm taking the option and coming back. Really? And, and yeah, that? I, I, I run it back. Because Do you really think they're going to be able to make it? Because I, I don't think I, they'll be able to make it, but I have a hard time believing. I, I, no, here's the thing. I, I think if you were to rank the teams in the West, because you have to keep in mind, the Warriors are going to be back. They're right. looking at Lillard now. Right now, they're looking at getting Lillard too. They were in talks with Ben Simmons, but apparently the Sixers won another all-star player. That ain't going to happen. Hmm. Um, but they're, they're, they're in the running for another star because keep in mind they have so, – so they have this – coming up in this draft on Thursday, they have the seventh pick, the 14th pick, and Wiggins' contract. So they have room for one more superstar. That theoretically could be Lillard. Again – rumors we're not certain about that but I, i'm telling you that right now if you're the warriors you're looking at this and saying this is the perfect opportunity for us to package two picks maybe wiseman even though i think they should keep him two picks yeah. maybe wiseman definitely wiggins deal because that runs the money forward or connects the money together and then get get a lillard or something I, definitely I definitely, not I, I definitely think the warriors this year are going to be uh, they're gonna make a, a run for it because I think if you're the Warriors, you gotta be looking at Steph Curry and going, how many more prime years does he have? Is Clay is Clay past his prime now too? Uh, because I, of the I could I would make an argument that yes, Clay is past Probably. his prime. I'm not gonna say definitively until I see him play because I've been burned too many times with NBA players by saying, oh, they're coming off an injury, they're old, they're later in their career, they're washed. And then they've had dominant like seasons. He's still probably good. <clears throat> the the diff the difference is he's come off. The difference with him compared to like KD, who had the Achilles, is that he's coming off one injury back. and yeah, then he, another one back. Yeah, to he's back. coming off back Major. to back, which really honestly, I, I don't know. Like I give props to him for even attempting to come back because I don't know if I had back to back injuries like that, if I would even be like, I'm like, look, I already got two rings, I'm out. Yeah. Three. 
Three, yeah, yeah three. It's four. Uh, no. No, it's, three. It's three. I think it's three, yeah. Um, I don't know. And like So the Warriors, the Lakers one, are the favorite. One last thing I'll West. say about the Suns. Um that I, another reason I don't think the another concern I have for the Suns is the Suns don't have the it factor. And you might be wondering, what is the it factor, Brandon? It's not a person. It's a place. It's the place they're located in. They're in Phoenix. Players don't really want to go to Phoenix. Players want to go to Toronto. They want to go to New York. They want to go to Chicago. They want to go to the big cities. I, I think you're wrong. That's not how the NBA works anymore. Yeah, Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix is plus Phoenix is the sixth largest city in the country. I, I, right, I but, Brandon, but my, my Brandon, there is no, there is no big city vibe anymore. Yes, it is to some extent, uh, but you can. But Giannis is a perfect example of someone in Milwaukee. Yeah, but Giannis and getting, Giannis and got, like getting pub. Yeah, except here's the thing, Giannis, as he as he made very clear in his speech after he won, was in was he said he had no interest in going to a team that was already built. Mm-hmm. He wanted to to do it to stick with the team he had been building for for a while. How many players in the league do you know that have the the like mental fortitude to stick around for a build? There, there's many. only a few. Te- there's or there's only a few teams left. Feas and the re- the reason why I say this too is that feasibly there's only a few potential super teams left in the league and it's, or like super, not super teams, but like super interest teams. The only two that are feasibly left is Dallas. And if you're like another superstar, Dallas and the Knicks, and that's it. Like feasibly. Yeah. Because the Knicks Uh, are always getting I would agree with the Knicks. I would agree with the Knicks. I would not agree with Dallas. The reason I agree with the Knicks is because I think, that that line that setup they have there with the players and Tom Thibodeau is pretty interesting. Would yeah. be very interesting to a lot of players, I think. I think Dallas is of interest just because I mean you trade Chris Ops in a sign and trade. You get maybe yeah. maybe I don't think Lillard's interested in I got no vibe that he's interested in going to Dallas. Yeah. But you know, Giannis when he needed, was going up. There. Dallas needs someone that can <clears throat> do some more defense. Yeah. I think I personally think uh the team that's I think is going to fall off, and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I think the uh, the Nets are going to fall off. My pick is the Clippers because they're not going to have Kawhi for a whole year, and this is that his is final. He, this is his final year of his deal. He's going to accept that option. They're probably going to be a six or seven, right? And I heard Ben or I heard I heard Bill Simmons and and Ryan talk and Ryan Russillo talk about this as well, where it's like. Oh yeah, the Clippers are not going to be that good. Like this was probably their best chance because Kawhi is going to take that option and not play for the entire year. So that's I don't Paul George can't do it all on his own with that team. Uh, Brooklyn, the biggest thing with Brooklyn is they have their big three. They have basically all that's under contract of note for them is the big three and Joe Harris. The rest is yeah. There's nothing for the rest. Like, will Blake Griffin come back? Potentially. Dinwiddie's not coming back. The Lakers are, or or he's said to be interested in the Lakers, as a lot of players are, which we'll get to. But no Dinwiddie. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, they traded Jared Allen, of course, which I don't, in hindsight, that doesn't look too good. DeAndre Jordan, you probably re-sign, I guess. But, I, I mean, it, it does kind of look good because you got Harden. Right, well, Griffin. But, it's like, yeah. I don't know. Well, I guess I guess I'm just throwing names out there, but like they basically all I'm trying to say is they they literally have no one under contract. Yeah. How are they going to fill that bench? It, it's interesting because I remember I remember when they traded away their pretty much their entire depth to get Harden. Um, I remember we had a conversation about this, and I was and I off the top of my head, I was just saying like they went from a team that easily could make a run of it with depth, and now they've just given away they've traded away all their depth. I didn't think it was it would have as much of a of an impact. It really did because what they did is they filled up they they filled up their cap with three players, and then got rid of their depth. And it's it's really looking like a poor deal. I I think Dinwiddie not accepting his player <laughs> option hurts them a lot. Yeah, like he, yeah he didn't play all this year due to injury, but like I don't I don't even think he was gonna go back anyway. But like I was, I was certain that like if he put that, if he accepted that player option, they'd be in a better spot. And he's just not gonna come back. So I, we'll see how they fill out that depth. But I, that scares me because they just don't have any. They need defense. <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. And then for the Lakers, they've like. My biggest thing with every LeBron team is like there's always these rumors for all these guys to go to to the Lakers or to go to LeBron's team and then it doesn't happen or it does and they might get traded halfway through. So like I'm not making a bunch of it. I'm not like making too much of a hoopla of it right now of like Kyle Lowry's of interest, DeMar DeRozan. We've heard Russell Westbrook. Obviously, we've heard Chris Paul, which I think is more likely than not because I think if you're looking at Chris Paul the only two destinations for him are either go back to Phoenix or go to the Lakers I don't think he's at all interested in going to Brooklyn so like I I put these rumors with a grain of salt because it just it just kind of seems like smoke until until someone signs on the dotted line yeah I'd go to I'd go to Lakers if I'm Chris Paul or not no let me let me rephrase that that's what I imagine he will try and do. Yeah. But, but Brandon, do you take any of these rumors, especially with like Lowry and DeRozan as well? And like Westbrook, we're already talking about Chris Paul, but like those three, do you take those with any, anything more than a grain of salt right now? Uh, I don't know. I think most of these players, I think, would I don't think they would really get moved. Maybe Westbrook. Um but he seems like he's managing okay in well in uh DC. Yeah. I don't know. Shane, your thoughts anything more than a grain of salt for you right now? Um I mean you know I know that LA is interested in getting a point guard and Westbrook and Chris Paul are definitely, you know, two people that I could see leaving and, you know, going to seek uh, a championship or whatnot, because that's kind of their thing. (laughs) But uh, 
I mean, at this point, it's you know, it's ultimately just rumors. So, yeah. Um, you know, we don't we don't know, but we'll see. Um, looking ahead, though, we do have some Olympic basketball coming up, and I did want to talk about the U.S. men's team uh, as they're about to play France uh, in a couple of days now. Um, this team disappointed uh, tremendously in the run-up to the Olympics. Um, and I think the most interesting thing is bringing in JaVale McGee. I wasn't too surprised with Keldon Johnson. He did perform very well in select camp over the summer. Um, but I, I don't I, like the one thing that I always don't like, and I don't know if you guys feel this way about international ball as well. One of the things that I don't like about international ball is it hasn't really evolved pretty much at all compared to the NBA because the NBA has evolved into the three-point era and all this stuff. FIBA and, you know, international ball hasn't really developed into that as much. It's still very much like, like uh, recently I was watching like the London 2012 gold medal, right. With guys like Tyson Chandler on the block. That's, that's very much what international basketball still is. And I wonder if you guys think that this team is kind of a reflection of that or not. I mean, I think, I think there's a couple of things going on here. For starters, basketball internationally is just getting better, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of the style of play or what have you. The, the talent itself around the world is improving. I mean, you know, just look at the NBA today. Like, it seems like half the stars are from either Europe or Africa or wherever. Um, <clears throat> but aside from that, I, I think that the fact that there are these two very different playing styles, it kind of, um, it's something that I think could really either benefit them great benefit the u.s greatly or really hurt them because if it's if it's a type of thing where it allows them to um you know be fast and be flashy and kind of catch people off guard then that's great but if instead this kind of older style is a shock to them where they're like oh what do we do you know and it kind of throws them off which kind of seems like that happened a bit more <laughs> yeah that's happened over the warm-ups for sure <laughs> you know and then that's obviously a hindrance so uh it's i don't know i mean it, you know I, part of me wonders if it's just uh you know the team trying to mesh and and that's the problem or if uh you know or if the talent is just better around the world or you know, if it's kind of this disconnect of playing styles and it's, you know, it's probably a little bit of, of all of them, if I'm being honest, at least that's how I feel, but mm. yeah. Brandon, what are your thoughts on like the changes in international play? So, you know, I actually just got done watching uh, a documentary on the uh, 96 dream team. And they, they talked about, there's actually, at the very end of the of the documentary, um, every, I, I think everybody should watch it who's interested in sports. 
Because it, it, uh, is this the NBA TV one? Yeah, it's the NBA. TV yeah, it's one. the, it's a, you can, one of the best sports you can, you can find it, you can find it on, on YouTube. Just search, uh, just NBA search the dream team. team. It's, yeah, it's one of the best documentaries. Yeah, it's, it's really good. But at the very end, they talk about how, um, the dream team directly impacted the rise of international players in, the NBA and therefore the rising competition uh, in the Olympics. Um, Cause you had guys like Ginobili and uh, Tim Duncan, other guys who all got into basketball from watching the dream team. And so I think, I personally think it helps the game be more interesting when you're when you're surprised by how many big name players are on like or team Italy or whatever, because I was looking at Australia's lineup and like they could be a real threat. Like they got they got some guys. They're very good. They got Thibault. They got Baines, who was hurt on, in the lead up, but they they are very good. Yeah. And like. I, I and that's part of what makes I mean that's what makes international basketball great. I think that's what's gonna make this run in Tokyo really good. But I also like firmly feel that it's not like like that that's what kind of freaked me out about the McGee pick because I was like, okay, you could get a younger center like Christian Wood and do the same thing, or why not just play small and shoot threes? I, I, I just, I, I have a hard time being like, oh, just because the game is different, like, why do we need to play to it? And, and they, like, when you can, but why do you need a veteran big to do that? Like, why do you need a Kevin Love originally? Like, why, you know, like, I, I just have a hard time with that. Yeah, it definitely makes for a, uh... I think what I like about it too is that it makes for very unpredictable games, you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun because it feels like in the past, it's just essentially been like the U S looking like the Harlem Globetrotters while they just <laughs> play it. You know what I mean? Like remember, remember 2012, we, we, when, uh, when that team beat Nigeria, like one forty six, like 58. Yeah. yeah. Other than that Spain game in the final, which was actually a great game. I highly recommend to go back and watch it. Also, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Boris Johnson sat next to each other during that game, which is super interesting and funny <laughs> looking back on it. But that game that was, is that an amazing like, way to look at it, like international ball. That team was like LeBron, Kobe, KD. Right? Uh, young young James Harden. Yeah. Hulk Tyson Chandler. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, that game's great. And if you want to look, kind of look kind of at what we're talking about in terms of like how old it was, because it's like very similar. Um, so they go up against France on Sunday, Sunday morning on NBC. I, this is a, this is a, this is real now. Like you, you lose to Nigeria, you lose to Australia in the lead up. Don't play that well ultimately throughout the entire lead up in Vegas 
France is a real test for this team, a bigger test than I think we're thinking of. Like I I'm very interested to watch this team against France. Cause I think, I think there's a real chance they can lose in the final minutes. Well, who, who does France even have? Boris Diaw, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> like they, they are, they are a real threat and to open up against them, considering how we let up, it's definitely nerve wracking. Uh, yeah so it should be interesting this team is not let's I mean, just put it this I'll, way this I'll, team's not where we where we thought they would be going look, into I'm, a, I'm gonna say this even if we do even if we do lose this year um there is a part of me that's like this is a odd this is like not a year that Americans should be like, oh my god, we lost, we didn't, or like we got silver, we got like bronze. Look, like we're most of the players who would normally be like, yeah, sure, I'll play. You know what they're doing? They're resting because they just got done. Like you know, l- like look at look at the players that were were bringing in as alternates. Like they they're players that would never even get touched for the for the team right but like i still feel like you got lillard you got durant um old draymond doesn't really count um let's see i mean you you got bam you got devin booker like you have a better team i would say yeah. even still substantially better than any other roster well, see, but that's also a point though you're bringing in i think they sh- i think they will be better because they're bringing in players like d book and like uh and like bam and these bam, guys never got guys shot. guys who you got three players who were who were playing in the finals who last couple seasons yeah well like they even this year even in right. this year's finals they got three players players coming in who weren't there for the warm-up games um middle to andrew holiday yeah. yeah and like i don't know i think i think people are overreacting a little bit um i mean they are just tune-up games but it's not perfect yeah we'll see yeah uh shane brandon and i did talk about this on wednesday when we recorded our previous episode of the week uh but i definitely wanted to get your thoughts Texas and Oklahoma potentially going into the SEC. What are your overall thoughts on that? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <clears throat> Unnecessary. Stay stay in your own conference. No. Uh-huh. I mean, in all in all seriousness, I I don't um, I mean for starters they're not really in that region. I mean, they're close, but they're not like in the Southeast, you know? They're I mean, like Texas A&M's in the SEC now, so. I know, but I, I don't know. I mean, my thing is like, if they, because they're big 10, no, 12. Big yeah, 12, right? Both of these teams are big 12 teams. So, I mean, like, if they leave, then like, what is the big 12? Like they might as well be a Division Two conference <laughs> at that point, right? So, I mean, I don't know. It's just 
And then, you know, the SEC is just going to be more of a powerhouse than it already is. Not that Texas is that, at least like in football, Texas isn't that amazing, but you have like Oklahoma who is. So, you know, then it's like the playoff is going to be Alabama, LSU, Georgia, and, or no, oh, sorry, Ohio State's in there. Alabama, Ohio State, and then like cycle through between LSU Georgia and Oklahoma, all SEC teams, if that were to happen. Uh, but like they might, well, if they expand the playoff too, which is kind of next in the docket to whatever, 16, like that changes it a little bit. I hope I, at least eight teams, like, come on, make it more interesting. But um... will that make the regular season less interesting? Because that's part of my problem, is it really makes it unnecessary? No, no actually, not at all. Um, in fact, I think it makes it more interesting because right now you really only have to win – or sorry, you have to basically – like to guarantee a spot in the playoff, you basically have to just try and win every single game. And to me, like that's that's dumb because – then you have, like, how do I explain this? Because if you if you do that, then it's like you're just looking for teams to win, 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 win. But then if you have, let's say, 16 teams, then there will be a game between, like, uh, you know, let's say Oregon and USC, who are, like, nine, ten win teams. And so they have, like, a late game, or they have, like, a late season game, and it's like, Ooh, would you know? Can one of them hang in there? And you know, it's just like. I guess what I'm saying is, it what does happen in the regular season does have more of an effect on the playoffs because there are so many more people in it. Mm-hmm. So, because then that way, it's like, it feels like a lot of people are fighting for a chance as opposed to just like the top ten, who are realistically probably getting in. Brandon, do you feel like it dilutes the regular season if they move up to, let's say, 16 teams? No, I don't. Because I think if you move to 16, it takes away the ability for the for uh, for the NCAA to you to do their pack to do their uh, SEC bias. I think it makes that it too. so that I think it makes it so that they have to look at other teams. They have to give other teams a chance. They have to like. Like, think about it last year. Like, think about how, like, if there was 16 teams last year, you would have gotten teams like Cincinnati and, you know, like, whatever. Um, but Cincinnati is a good example. There would be some, like, thinking in the past, there would be some in, really interesting Oregon. matchups. Oregon. Would have been, well, in. I mean, been fun. <clears throat> should have been UW, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, my thing, so my thing with Texas and and um, and Oklahoma is why, why would they want to go to the SEC? Because here's the thing, they're they're the big dogs in the Big Twelve. Like yeah, they, they would just they, be making it harder for themselves. They run the Big Twelve, and you know for a fact that the moment they go into the SEC, they're going to get creamed Al- by everybody. Alabama's going to Alabama's going to like walk in the room metaphorically and tell the pack tell Texas to shut up. 
even Auburn, com- even Auburn, yeah. who's more mid-level, is going to well, give Oklahoma a run well, for their money. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Alabama's going to walk in the room metaphorically tell Oklahoma, tell Texas to shut up about the whole like horns down thing, and just be like, stop being such a baby. Like the, Texas, Texas doesn't. Here's the thing. If Texas won against bigger teams like consistently when they play them in non-conference, that would be that. I would be like, oh yeah, okay, sure, you should go to the SEC. But they don't. They <laughs> Oklahoma don't. doesn't either. Oklahoma doesn't. E- yeah, exactly. Like, and think about FS. Think about Fox. Fox is over here. Like, really? You're gonna take away our biggest rivalry game? Yeah, I was just <laughs> talking about that yesterday. Like, I was so from the network perspective, like ESPN wins either way. They don't care. But if you're Fox, you're sitting there going like, okay, so basically all we have is the Pac-12. Hey, a conference that we're not. That. In, well, I mean, again, this don't is be what so negative. I'm not. I'm not being. I'm not being negative towards the Pac-12. If I'm an executive at Fox, if you're an executive at Fox, that's your thought on the Pac-12. You're just like I don't know. You could get. You could get Oregon, Washington. That'd be a good. I mean, or, yes, game yes. To play. But the. But again, college football yeah. doesn't UCLA. care about. Nobody cares about USC. Nobody like. <clears throat> well, they're good. When they're, good. when they're good everyone cares about them yeah that's like your only hope if you're fox either way you're like yeah like oklahoma texas goes straight to espn unless they yeah. conjure up some deal and i'm like okay man like if if i'm fox i hate even if i'm if i'm espn i don't care if i'm espn i would want this to happen just because i i know how valuable the sec deal is do you know do you think do you think the big the rest of the people in the big 12 will will go on or do you think they'll get picked off by other other conferences i don't know i think it just gets to become the big eight yeah because i i've heard (laughs) i've i've heard like talk about like oh maybe the pac-12 will try and get like texas a&m or stuff like that expand out into texas and i'm over here like all right so we're literally a conference that was originally built around being on the pacific the pacific coast you're over here trying like there's literally a reason why we're called the pack. It's the Pacific Time Zone Conference. Other than but Colorado, you want to bring and Utah. You want to bring Texas yeah. into the Pacific Time Zone Conference? Like what? Are you I mean, doing? Again, it's not really the Pacific Time Zone Conference. You have Colorado and Utah, but it's totally fine. It, it, and it's like basically the vicinity, I guess. Fine. It's like you go, you don't go that far. Whatever. I. I really don't like all this talk about like Texas and I really have a really hard time like thinking that any of these Texas teams would actually like merge into. I think to be honest, I think Texas A&M would probably end up in the ACC. Texas A&M wants to stay in Texas A&M is in the, the the main reason this happened was like the last couple years with Jimbo's done with Texas A&M in the SEC has made teams like Texas and Oklahoma go like Ooh, more money, and we can actually be semi-competitive. They're not correct, or that we can be competitive, but they're going to yeah. be semi-competitive. The main reason why this is happening is partially what Jimbo's done at Texas A&M. So, like, that's that's a huge part of it. But well, also, it's interesting because if you think about it, there could be an interesting rivalry there because who? I just remembered this. Whom is the new coach for Texas? Oh, it's Sark, isn't it? Right. Indeed, yeah. it is. It is Sarkeesian. That would be an interesting little, uh, little Bama, Bama, Texas Sarkeesian 
Nick Saban. Uh... Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't. And, and like the states are getting involved now too. Like the, I think, what is it? Is it the Texas state legislature? I have to look at this. But Something this, like that. This yeah. came out this morning or like actually a few hours before we started that like, I think this is like Texas state legislators. Like we want power. We want the states to have power over some of the conferences. That's so stupid. Not, like we have to go from like, why does everything collegiate have to go through federal or local governments? It's also just, like, why is everybody acting? Why is everybody acting like Texas is like, this amazing team to begin with like they're acting like they're like hot stuff when they haven't won a they haven't won a conference championship in years and they are just honestly kind of mediocre so texas house republican this is from chris vanity texas house republican dustin burroughs files a bill to require state legislator approval for state for a state university to change athletic conferences Burrow is from I mean, Little Rock and went to Texas public Tech. University. So, yeah, you know, but the fact that we have to go to like like federal links to deal with this is stupid. <laughs> it's beyond stupid. Yeah. Let's move on to the NFL. Let's move on to the professional game. Get through some news, and then we'll get to our division previews. We did the NFC and AFC West last time. We're going to do the East of those two conferences next. Uh, but to begin, we will start with some NFC West news. Uh, Cam Akers touring his Achilles. Uh, what does this mean for Matthew Stafford and the Rams? Brandon, you start off. Brandon is on mute, so uh, Shane, you can go ahead. Well, um, I don't, uh, I don't like it for him. I really don't. Um, I was, I believe Cam Akers was my X Factor player for the Rams. I think it was mine as well. Yeah, because, or if he wasn't, I heavily considered him. Um, (laughs) But. or no, I might have been Aaron Donald. Anyway. Yeah, either way, he was in that yeah. running for sure. He, yeah. Um, and so, you know, because the Rams, the last time the Rams were really good in that Super Bowl year, the reason was because they had that really strong running game to complement their pass game. And I felt like with Cam Akers, they really had that because they had that guy that they could rely on. <clears throat> and... Yeah, they don't, at least for this year. And, uh, you know, it's, I think it's going to be like, yes, I think Stafford is good, but he's not amazing. I think he's, you know, like I, I have, I have the NFL quarterbacks in five tiers. To me, he's like a tier two guy where Jared Goff is tier three. So, you know, he's a step up, not a huge one, but he is. And, He's brand new to the team. And this is Sean McVay's offense, which is pretty complex. He's not going to click right away. I mean, we saw, we saw Tom Brady, who to me is a tier one, maybe lower tier one at this point, just because of his age. Mm-hmm. Um, He's an overrated munchkin. <laughs> and the goat. He, 
in my opinion. He, uh, yeah, that's fair. maybe it, maybe like a mule. I don't know. <laughs> and he, <laughs> and he, uh, uh, and he, you know, he took until November to really click. And I would go as far as to say last week of December. Sure, yeah. I mean, you know. So Stafford, I don't think he's going to – and not to mention Brady has, in my opinion, probably the highest football IQ of any person to ever play the game. And so – or any quarterback, I should say. Uh, at, at least I know that much. Um, but so, you know, I don't think that Stafford's going to really click that quickly. Um, considering the complexity of the offense from Sean McVay. So, you know, without that strong run game, I mean, yeah, Daryl Henderson is fine, but he's not that he's not that game changer like like Cam Akers would be. And right, but that makes me a lot less concerned because I know he's capable of RB1 like RB1 I mean, production, I mean, he's capable of it. Yeah, he, he's very He's very up and down, though. Because, because he doesn't have RB1 production. Well, yeah. He didn't but... have it. Now he's going to have it. I'm not saying he's going to be Cam Akers level good. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. If anything, he, in terms of fantasy value, he's just going to be a volume-based guy. But yeah. the fact is he's going to get that volume. And that can work with Stafford. Right. No, I mean, overall, I just don't. I just don't feel very confident in the Rams now because to me, like they, yeah, they improved their pass game because of Stafford, but I think their running game is not necessarily bad, but is going to be worse this year than it was last year. And I think they're both their rushing and passing defense will also be worse this year because of everybody they've lost throughout the defense. So, I mean, as a result, I, I don't – honestly, I don't even – I mean, I think they maybe make it into a wild card if they're lucky, uh, but – I think they'll kind of be like a sixth, seventh, maybe eighth team in the NFC, just kind of floating around in the middle somewhere. But... Brandon, your thoughts? I agree with I agree with Shane. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, um, on whatever he's talking about, you know, I assume it has to do with the Rams. Yeah, we're talking about the Cam Akers uh... <laughs> injury. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, You know, some people might be like, oh, one player is not going to impact a team. Actually, one player can throw a lot of uh, wrenches in their works. Um, Depending on what kind of what they bring to the team. Well, it's pretty obvious that the Rams are trying to go back to the to the ground to the old ground and pound routine. Um, And the problem is this is also going to I, I think this is going to be a real problem for Stafford because when you have a running back, you're, you're, it, it makes, when you have a, a reliable running back, you can kind of not necessarily hide behind it, but, but it allows for like 
throw the ball a couple times, run the ball a couple times, throw the ball a couple times, run the ball a couple times, couple times. In this case, it's going to be the offense. I think is going to go through Stafford a lot more. Mm-hmm. Not not like it wasn't going to go through him to begin with. Um, but I think my belief that this is that the Rams are going to like all of a sudden be like right to the Super Bowl first year of him being there. My belief has like gone way down. Maybe I, two I think years it's from so. Now. I think it's so unlikely right now. They're not in a contendership, and I think you both are right that that playoff window that people thought they would be in is is closing. Well, they may, yeah, that's what I was going to finish up with. Is a, I think they they really may have screwed the pooch here a little bit, but because they spent all that money on Stafford, thinking that they were going to be in a playoff position, and frankly, uh. Yeah, good luck. They don't have any draft picks for the next like three, four years. Yeah, like I think they're like if I'm Stafford, I'm like great, cool, wonderful, wow, amazing, <laughs> so cool. This is it's like draft day, Brandon. Yeah, pretty much like <laughs> that movie. Yeah, honestly, I mean, like in hindsight, I think Detroit absolutely won that. Oh, a hundred percent. Like with the yeah. picks. <laughs> I mean that's because yeah. you get you get a quarterback that can is, be your guy for two years. Yeah, he's a good bridge guy for two, three, even maybe even four years. It's you know? gonna be two. It's gonna be two because they have to opt out after two. It's gonna yeah. be two. But still, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he'll be amazing. He's not. He's not yeah, like I don't. He's not. Yeah, maybe. Like I said, he's about a two, three guy, kind of middle of the road. But he's you know he'll be fine for a couple of years while you kind of get your footing, and then with all the draft picks, you can get a guy. And then, you know, I mean, they're building, they're building that offense, the, especially the offensive line. I don't know. I mean, there's also uh, what's his name, Dan Campbell, who's a. <laughs> I mean, we all we all know what his his deal is. Yeah, but uh, and but crap for you in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. At least it wasn't the worst hiring, no. head coach hiring of the offseason. He's going to be fun. He's going to be fun. Um, let's get to some contracts. Uh, Brandon, I'll start with uh, with Jamal Adams here. With uh, The Seahawks are open to making him the highest paid safety, so about $17 mil a year. Lock you know, him I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to start with uh, – that might be the stupidest, like, no shit statement I've heard from a from – a, like professional media member in a long time. What that they're open to making? Yeah, that? that they're open. That they're they're open. Not that he's not that they're open. It's the fact that he's. They're basically like, yeah, the Seahawks are like that. They're they're like chill with him being with making like they're very 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 fine with making him the highest because it's like that, that's off well, season news for you well, no, in july no, like, 23rd here, here's the thing the reason i say it's no shit is because like if they weren't open to doing it we would have been like goodbye jamal right bye it wouldn't have even been a conversation i mean to begin they could have tagged him they could have thought of tagging they weren't gonna him, but... they were not gonna tag him again if they tagged him if here's the problem i mean not again but if, here's they, the thing, if you tag sense. him again he's basically like bye yeah uh, I mean, but, and, it, this is this is NFL news on July twenty third. Okay, like, this I, is yeah, what happens. I, yeah, I get it, but I was just like, I just like heard about that today, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> really? You think this is like huge? But um, yeah, 
Uh, I believe, I think the Hawks, uh, they will probably, I believe a deal will get done Yeah. by the end of the second week of training camp. So let, let's keep this in mind. So you got Bobby at 18 mil, Bobby yeah. Wagner at 18 mil, and then, and then Jamal at like 16 mil. That's your cornerstone here for the next couple of well, years. Yeah. I mean, you don't, but here's the thing. You don't bring in a guy like Jamal and then not extend him. Right. And that, that's kind of the main thing is like, that's a great thing for this defense to have both of them locked up for the next, obviously Jamal is more important long-term, but to have both and of like, them. The thing, the other great thing is if you get, once you get Jamal locked up, you have him locked up, you have Bobby locked up, you have Russell locked up for three. You have DK coming up. DK's really the locked only guy up. you have to, you, DK's, here's the thing, DK's the only big contract guy next year, I think. Yeah, well, it's going to be, it's going to be more than and, that. And they'll, then they'll be, and, but the thing is the way the Seahawks work, is by getting all these players done, they're going to be able to next year go, all right, let's do – or not even next year. I think they'll probably, before the end of the season, they'll probably be like, all right, DK is coming up, Lockett's coming up, so-and-so is coming up, and they'll probably go down the list be like, let's extend Lockett, let's extend DK. Let's. Yeah, I don't think they're allowed to extend DK for at least another year or two since he's just coming off his rookie year, but at least they'll have the but fifth they'll year be in option. The talk, they'll be in the talks. And Actually, no, he doesn't have a fifth-year option. No, he's, he's a second-rounder. He, yeah, he'll right. he's coming. He's his career, his contract is coming up. It's like two years. Yeah, he will be the only that will be a big contract. But the good news is by dealing with all the other big contracts, they are opening up the book books to pay a guy like DK. And if anybody says, "Oh, DK won't get a big contract," they are crazy. DK has shown <laughs> he's gonna get a ridiculous contract. He, he has shown that he is worth the money. Um, it's. I think the Hawks are putting themselves are going to put themselves in a good position, especially because yes, this year was rough with the cap going down. It's going to go back up. I think it's going to go. I think it's going to skyrocket in the next couple of years. It's going to continue to go up and up and up. Yeah. Like last year, this year was rough because of last year, but like, Oh my God. They, I, I th- they had gonna... a 25, they had, every league basically had a 25% drop. And now every league this year with fans coming back is, yeah, just I think to it's going to get stupid. And like, since the Hawks are like in a pretty good cap space, it's only, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. Um, So Shane, let's switch to an, another big name player in Devonte Adams. The contract talks have broken off. Of course, a lot of that's due to Aaron Rodgers. He's got one more year on his deal. If he decides to become a free agent uh, this time, or actually, uh, let's say 2022 at this point, right? Next year, next offseason, what do you think his market will look like? Uh, well, for starters, um, I think Jamal is absolutely worth the money. Uh, if, you know, people that say he's not uh, probably don't watch him uh, because <laughs> they just hear the memes that he's Blitz, Blitz Boy or whatever. But when you watch him, I mean, you can see that this dude is basically two defenders in one. Um, and I don't mean like he can do a bunch of things, but I mean like he's everywhere all the time somehow. <clears throat> but for Devante, you know, I think he's, he's the type of guy that is – probably um, 
not probably. I think <laughs> teams, if he is a free agent, I think teams will look at him with, you know, top dollar in mind, uh, looking to pay him as the highest receiver uh, just to get a guy like that, you know, because as you know, there are so many good receivers in the league right now, obviously, as we've talked about, but you need not only two good receivers, but honestly, I think nowadays you need three good receivers in this game with the way it's evolving. And, it's slot guy to engine out. Right. So, you know, there are, there are a lot of teams that would love to have a receiver like that. Like, obviously there are the teams that are already kind of weak at receiver, like uh, New England, for instance, even though they got a couple of free agents, but not. Nikhil like Harry's going to get traded. So they're going to get a lot worse. Yeah. Um, uh, like New England. Who else? Um, Bears. They could use another guy with Allen Robinson, assuming he stays. He <laughs> no, ain't gonna stay. He's, he's leaving. Well, he's leaving after the franchise tag. <laughs> he, he, and here's here's my thing. Um, what does that tell us about Devonte Adams leaving? Uh, like, well, that that that. Well, I mean, he, he I has one it, more year. He's gonna stay this year yeah, unless they trade him. But, but it's 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 Aaron. Like the only reason he's there is because he loves that connection with Aaron Rodgers. Well, he pretty well. Here's the thing: he's not he's not doing a new contract, which means I'm pretty certain Aaron probably has told him like, "Hey, I'm out." Even yeah. if I come back next year, like I'm he like. Here's the thing that, that frustrates me that keeps making me wonder. Like all the all the media keeps being like, "Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Of course he's gonna go to he's gonna go to training camp for the for the." Uh, Packers, but he has made it very clear multiple times. I'm not showing up. Like he's he made should it. go to camp and then get traded after the first day of camp. But they're not going to trade him. They like he's going to get moved at some point. No, no, he won't. Mm, I don't think so. The, the Packers have made it very clear that they're not going to trade him, and Aaron's made it very clear he's not going anywhere. I mean, he's not going to go there. So. They're out of stalemate. Yeah, like it. It's a it's a situation where it like I saw I, I laughed pretty hard at this. I saw an article that uh that was tweeted out. I forget who tweeted it out, but uh, it said uh uh draft books uh sources say Aaron Rodgers to retire tomorrow. Right, like sports books are like <laughs> like sports oh, books yeah, are saying retire. that he's gonna retire, and I'm like. Bro, if he just straight up reti- straight up retires, that will be the biggest baller move of all time. Just like we will have to do a twenty minute emergency he, episode. He just, like I would be like, you know what? I've never respected Aaron Rodgers so much because you know what? This is basically the screw you guys. I don't need your money. I got all the money in the world. And I'm he's out. already a Hall of Famer. I got all the money. I got a hot fiance. I got a ring. I'm a Hall of Here's Famer. Here's my middle finger. I'll see you later. Bye bye. And then they'll be like, "Oh damn. Well, he totally played us." I got my and... Super Bowl ring. Singular no, no, he, ring. You know what? You know, be great if I was Aaron Rodgers and I was and my NBA retire, championship ring. Yeah, exactly. If if I was Aaron Rodgers and I was going to retire, I would do a video making fun of Russell's "Hey Seattle, we back." Just like. Just lying on, except this time I'd be like lying on armchair. I'd be like, "Hey Green Bay, I'd, we I'd done." Like, I'd be like, "Hey Green Bay, I'm out." <laughs> just like, just boom. let me go host Jeopardy. Yeah, exactly. Just like, just I don't know. Aaron Rodgers, 
he's playing this so smooth though. He's literally just like he's not talking to anyone. He's not talking to me. He's not doing anything. He's just stand. He's just going. He's, he's just chilling. playing he's golf. Like, hey, That's the only golf. thing he's done is playing golf. In yeah, the exactly. Match with Brady. He's just hanging out. It's great. I'm going on vacation. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I think there's. I, I think there's about a 99% chance he plays this year. Wait, just based what? Off of, yeah. I didn't I say where. You I just think, said, oh. No, well, I didn't say where. Um, I just said, I think there's a 99% chance that he plays. I, play. I don't, I really don't think he's going to play because, and my reason is this there's no way Green Bay lets him go. No way. I mean, the market has dwindled down, but that's just because just because Gutekunst has been like, yeah, we're not interested. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Okay, so teams he could go to. Denver, they don't have anything to give. Uh, Chicago, they don't need a quarterback anymore. Uh, um, if I'm Denver, I'm can I give up Von Miller and Drew Locke? To it, I'm not – if I'm – Maybe Von Miller three years ago. No, but but, but Von Miller is making seventeen million one year left. If I'm yeah, Green Bay, can I just take that? I don't know. If I'm Green Bay, I'm asking. I would be like maybe Von Miller and a couple picks. I don't know. Andrew Lum, um, and that's Andrew, it. Yeah. yeah, but that's Cortland a fair for, offer. Uh, Cortland Sutton. No, Cortland Sutton. No, There's no way they're giving no up way. Cortland. There's because no the way. Thing. They're giving Here's the Aaron. One of the reasons Aaron would want to go to Denver is, is Cor- Sutton. Cortland Sutton. <laughs> Maybe Miami. They got all their picks. They got their stockpile of picks. Miami could be like that's where I'm trying some, to go. Take some. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. uh, percent. I, I don't know. Uh, New York. Easier division than uh, he could go to the. I don't think New York. Not right now. Maybe ne- if if he stays in Green Bay this year and then next year, there the Giants are like Daniel Jones know, is not it. Then yes, but he could. He, here's a here's a weird idea. What if he went to the Chargers and and he was like old ver an older version of 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 uh Justin Herbert because it's like Chargers you look at, are not I, interested. I look I look at Justin Herbert sometimes and I'm like Justin Herbert just looks like a younger version of Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers bit. had if Aaron Rodgers had beca- was like a Cali surfer bro just like <laughs> Aaron Rodgers like is like the hippie version of Aaron Rodgers and then Justin Herbert's just like the Cali surfer bro version of him. Um, yeah, Justin Herbert fits in like strangely well oh, with the like, LA beach vibe. Yeah, it's just so like, weird. It, especially if they'd stayed in in San Diego. Like, think about yeah, that. That would be he's perfect. So San Diego. <laughs> he he's so San Diego. But I don't know. You know, um, I think which is funny because he's from Eugene, Oregon, which is yeah, like, exactly in the middle of the country. Just I nowhere. think I think whatever happens with the Aaron Rodgers saga, uh, it will be a unexpected ending. I believe. You might be very right, Shane. He might play. He might not play. Uh, I think what we all know is going to happen is whatever happens is going to be on Aaron Rodgers' terms because he is done playing on the terms of the of the owner. Because I just have to ask a question. It's not even how, the owner because it's all right, stock. It's, it's Budokunst. Really. I just have to ask the, ask the question of how does a team manage to get to a point where they have their arguably best player have zero guaranteed money on a contract. <laughs> that that's like asking for someone to be pissed off. Oh, does he not have any guaranteed money? He has money? zero guaranteed money. That's really None. weird. That's his whole problem. His, his whole, whole problem is, his whole problem is Gutekunst. Well yeah that's that, really his problem. Well Gutekunst and all the crappy deals he's been getting and which is know. on Gutekunst. 
which is like honestly i want him to leave green bay because honestly green bay is like the is a green bay is bad for the league like the the way they're set up like it's i don't know it just they don't deserve deserve rogers so mike Flur mike florio pro football talk reported this three hours ago that that there's like a tip that Rodgers will announce his retirement before Wednesday's initial practice. So not tomorrow, but like sometime on Wednesday. That'd be a baller move. Apparent, I, 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 bro, See? I don't, I, bro, I don't, I don't know. Like, it, I, like I get it. Like Vegas is usually right, but this is one where I'd be like, if this actually happens. He's just wasting just the last five years of his career. I'm just imagining Brady like on a hill with like a sniper rifle just pointed at his at him, just like a microphone. He's like, and now you're gonna retire. You're gonna tell them you're retiring, and you're gonna walk away very slowly. <laughs> no, no sudden movements, and I will be the last of our kind left in the league. <laughs> I, I'm just imagining that he's like on the phone, he's like, Do you know who I am? I'm yours. <laughs> I don't. I'm here to kill you. Adam. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so, but th- what's freaky about this oh, is man. that like sports books are like, yeah, the win total for Green Bay, you can't even bet on it. Yeah, because it's going to like drop to like three. <laughs> if a, I was going to bet, I'd say like six. Th- <laughs> six? They're going to no uh, with, Jordan, with Jordan Love? Or uh, Blake I mean, they Bortles. still got Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. Yeah, except, but the thing is, the reason, the reason Aaron Jones did so good is because he had uh, Aaron Rodgers being all, like, shady and, like, dodgy and, like, being like, oh, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go over here. No, I'm going to go over here. Oh, I'm going to throw it. No, I'm actually going to run it. I, I, that's, I, I, I will say that that's a little freaky. Let's put it that way, because the sports books wouldn't do that if there wasn't something significant going on. Um, but I I, I I don't know. I just have a hard time with a guy like Aaron. Like, yeah, sure, he'll make the Hall of Fame regardless of which. But I have a hard time with Aaron retiring just because of a, of a team dispute. I don't think he's going to go down that easily. Yeah. Just knowing him, you know. If anything, he should have just opted out because of COVID. Like that. That's that's partially my thing here. It's like I think if you are going to retire. Thing you can do. In yeah, this he scenario. wouldn't have got money. He would have. And he, he would have saved. He would have saved ten yeah. million. He would have saved. No, but he would have. He wouldn't have moved his number down the line for how long he was there. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. Um. Also, in injury news, it seems like Michael Thomas. He's going to miss a few um, weeks of the regular season. Shane, you might be able to explain this. Why would someone opt to have a surgery for an injury they knew they had at the beginning of the offseason, at the end of the offseason? Is that what happened here? Yes, this is what happened. He knew he he needed the surgery, like, for basically all the offseason. And he just, he's like, I'm just going to have it now. That's what happened. Well, yeah, I, I, I know. Because you, yeah. and it would make sense that that's what happened. Because if he's gonna miss a few weeks, you don't benefit in any way from that. 
So, so let's see. So Thomas had surgery of his ankle ligaments in June. Yeah. So he had it in June. Yeah, he we had it probably, in June. We probably should have he, gotten it in oh, February. Yeah, he March. knew he needed the surgery. Like, I wonder if he was trying to get second opinions that he didn't need surgery because it was just ankle ligaments. So I wonder if he was trying to get second opinions for the, the summer. That could so, happen. So here's an article from ESPN.com. Uh, Saints re- receiver Michael Thomas went under underwent ankle surgery in June. Uh, he was plagued by the injury throughout last season, and Adam Schefter had previously reported that he was expected to undergo surgery to repair the torn deltoid and other injured ligaments in his ankle. It is unclear why he had surgery so late in the offseason. Again, he that mi- could be based on second opinions. Yeah, but here's the thing. He missed nine games over two stints on injured reserve last season after initially injuring the ankle in week one. Like it, also, yeah. Second, second opinions don't take that long. That's so true. again. I asked you, Shane, as the resident football player amongst us, why or coach that amongst us? Yes, coach amongst us. I couldn't tell you that. Like, <laughs> that makes the story really weird. That was my exact thought today was like, what? Like, why would someone wait? When especially when yeah, they injure it, when when you injure it week one and you pretty much would you would know probably like hey you should get this as done as soon as possible. Obviously it makes sense. Like they want to play out the season. Okay, fine, cool. But like most players are like, okay, cool, we're out of contention or the season's over, or they lose a playoff game. Immediately week later, they're probably on the operating table. Not waiting till June. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Like, I don't know what that's. I, I have I have no clue. I don't know if it's just because he's. I I don't think it's because he doesn't want to play. I think it. I think it might have something to do with the organization. Yeah. Shane, how does this make know. you feel though, having had Michael Thomas on your fantasy team? I had him. Shut what up. are you oh, talking about? Right. That's yeah. That's well, right. I you, did at first. You yeah. did at first, and I and then you Julio. <laughs> How does how do the two of you feel about it? Because I literally told y'all you should take. I was gonna take him because I had him the year before and he was great. And then you guys drafted the you drafted him, Shane, and he was trash. And then you gave him Robert and he was trash. How does that make you feel, Shane? Shane, I know that you don't like that ties. Better, Shane. Remember how we talked about how we you don't like ties? Yeah. That trade was a tie. No, nobody won. No, I I won easily. No, because I mean you traded Chase Edmonds a week later. So nobody won. No, I got Julio out of that. But he was he also got hurt. No, but at least he well he gave yeah, you he like pl- one or two good games. No, he gave me three or four good games. I guess that makes MC you win. He gave the- you zero. <laughs> <laughs> but uh we will be back doing fantasy football this year, so I'm Yay. pretty excited for that. Um, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna take uh are you not going to take a receiver in the first round? I think I'm going to take Daniel Jones in the first round. Nice. God. Speaking of fantasy, considering the... So the NFL has said that due to a COVID outbreak amongst unvaccinated players, the game will result in a forfeit. How does that affect fantasy? Because <laughs> if that does occur... Oh, yeah. So do If we... that does occur, what's going to happen is that we're just going to have the same problem as last year where yeah. we're just going to get DQ'd. I mean, lineup. maybe, How maybe, the heck are we going to do that? Maybe they'll just like give us the stats that were like estimated for the game. I, I don't like, you know how, you know, how, how, every, the, you, how the heck is that going to work? Well, you know how like every player gets like estimated stats. So like 
basically. Like like the average that they were supposed to get. Which I'd be pretty pissed off because usually that, those averages are really low because usually they're like a lot higher than they. They're either really low or they're really high. Yeah. Sometimes like a guy would get like 13.3 just because he expects a touchdown and he doesn't get yeah. one. Like that's my main question with this like COVID stuff because like we've already said our pieces about like how we feel about vaccinating and unvaccinated. But like, obvi- like obviously that thing that I said a month ago is not holding true. And I know that Mike, as I talk about Mike Florio said this too, it's like the thing that they should be saying is like, you either like you should get vaccinated for the benefit of the team. And clearly that hasn't landed if this happened and they're still not there yet. The guys like Deandre Hopkins guys, like Kobe. I was like, going to say the guy that like, when I think of how it affects fantasy, the first guy that comes to my mind is Hopkins. Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like he's a guy that would, he could go in the first round. Yeah, honestly. Well, like, like you really first, have to ask the question: Do you second, take him? Like, do you take someone? It's, yeah, who... it's like. But now I feel like yeah. he's maybe more of a third or fourth round guy, just because of the risk. I don't know. know. I I think we're. I honestly think we're gonna. We're talking about the issues here, and I think it's not going to be a, situ- a situation like that because I think a lot of the players. The league is already at like something like an eighty-five percent vaccinated rate. Like Six, 80, sixteen, like, sixteen teams are already at the eighty-five percent. The Seahawks are at ninety percent, I think. Um, the highest. I think a lot of teams are going to end up like very close to one hundred percent vaccinated. I think you're only going to get a. I think what I think the situation is like. I think there's going to be those teams that kind of you know those players that kind of speak out and they're like angry. Oh, most team, most players I've seen who have tweeted about it, um, basically have uh, said they've tweeted things like, "Wasn't gonna get it, but I got it now because I didn't want to possibly hurt my team, hurt my team." Shruggy shoulder emoji, <laughs> which you know what I respect it because you know what that shows. It shows you're a grown ass adult. Like, like honestly, just yeah. These players who are like complaining about it, you're in a, you're supposed to be an adult. Like, like at the end of the day, like I'm done. I'm done. Like being like, I'm kind of done talking about this because we've already kind of said our piece. Well, here's but like there's different angles to it. Like the fantasy angle is super interesting. But here's my thing, Shane Robert. It's not even Democrat or Republican. For me, it's you're a grown ass adult. Act like one. When it comes to when it comes to the NFL, it's when it comes to the NFL, it's not about Democrat or Republican or your beliefs. When it comes to the NFL for these players, what it comes down to is look at the facts of how it will help not only your team, but you. You're not gonna have to wear yeah. masks around the facility. You can leave during your bye week. And honestly, right, I, res- like- I re- yeah, honestly, I respect the hell out of the NFL for being like, you know what? Screw this. We're gonna we're gonna hit them where it hurts if they really if they really decide to put themselves in a position to screw over their team. If y'all have to forfeit, yeah, none of none of y'all's get any money. And if, I respect you, yeah. I respect it. I I respect it. Yeah, because they they're just like, and I like I do it's like the aggressive you, really. stance. I, I do like the aggressive stance because it's like, hey, yeah. because last year, guess what? The NFL would rather not have to play a game on yeah. Wednesday afternoon. 
because NBC it, has the Rockefeller thing. They don't want to have to play a game on a Wednesday afternoon. They don't want a Thursday night game being played on a Tuesday. They don't it, want to it, deal with that crap anymore. I don't think we got, any of yeah. us want to deal with that crap anymore. Yeah. They it don't got, want to deal with a with a practice squad wide receiver playing quarterback on a Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it got right. the it, I think it certainly cool. got the players attention because like you have some players bitching and moaning about the about the like NFLPA and it's like well hmm y'all are the ones who voted in the players to represent y'all in the NFLPA and guess what <laughs> if you if everybody just got vaccinated the NFL wouldn't have to be like hey if you get sick tough like you're none of y'all make money like yeah yeah, I mean, it's, last year it was understandable to. Yeah. Well, last year there was no vaccine. Like, right. There was nothing anybody could do about it. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, you could avoid going to strip clubs or whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. But even then, you know, for people that were still being responsible, some of us still got it, you know? Yeah. So it's, you know, that's one thing. But now, eh not exactly the case <laughs> but you know the most important aspect is for people to uh to respect your hipaa you know just so just... the the, the hipaa thing right just respect my the... respect my hipaa robert respect my hipaa <laughs> so here's here's the thing with this with this hipaa violation thing that doesn't exist in sports well, whether also, you like it or not it doesn't exist because it also, yeah it because like we need to know public health yeah like yeah like it, 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 like I remember, was it, was it Schefter? It might have been Schefter. He was in a some, so I don't know if it was a player. Some something happened. It, this might was this Schefter or Woj? It, it, I forgot. I there was this one situation where like this one player or someone did a lawsuit on them, and the lawsuit didn't even move forward because they basically said like, hey, like in sports, like people need to know injury news like that's just part of the game like that's not a violation <laughs> so the suit didn't move True. forward so like so like i like it's the same thing with this it's the exact same thing it's like injury news and by the way also to 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 kind of finish this off even with the va- and i don't know i don't know the percentage for every team but there are a lot of people on the reserve covid list in camp so far there are there are a fair amount of players compared to what we thought there would be and i don't i'm just surprised by that piece that that's that that concerns me that that covid list is still semi bigger than we would have hoped so it does concern me a little bit um but we are in july so we'll see what happens when we get to september because who really cares about preseason games (laughs) um yeah true yeah. uh let's finish off our nfl stuff for the day by doing the nfc and afc east previews we begin with ryan fitzpatrick and the washington football team brandon give me your thoughts on fitzpatrick getting the full-time job in washington well he deserves it there's a reason he's called fitzmagic because my boy is magic and uh, he's once again gonna show all you haters what he do, because uh, what he hating. do, what he do is wins games, Robert. I he was, wins I was games. Hating. I was hating. I was hating. I was hating. <laughs> you ask him. You ask him what you what what you do. What you do, Fist Magic? He said, "You know what I do. I win. 
Uh, you win two games and you throw like three picks the next week. Like he, that's kind of what happens. He still win. He won more than friggin' pretty no, no. boy. Fitz, uh, uh, pretty um, boy Tua. Tua. No. Yeah, he did. did not? No. He definitely went, won more. No. Than Tua did. No. They with with Tua they went three or with uh, Fitzpatrick they went three and three and with Tua they went six and three. Or no. Is that correct? Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. Four and three with Fitzpatrick, six and three with Tua. Tactically, a lot of those games should have been Fitzpatrick's games because they a lot of them they They subbed him in in the second half. Well, yeah. I think I don't know. Either way. Two of them. This is the this is Fitzpatrick is what, 38 now? Um on the back nine of his career, but I, I think I, like they're gonna win, Shane. Do you agree that they're gonna win this division? Because right now, I mean, this division is still gonna be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think honestly, I think it's um, yeah. I do think Washington wins, but I think, it, at least in my opinion, New York is closer than people think. Yeah. It all depends I, on Daniel. That's the thing. I really like most everything about both of these teams except the quarterback. <laughs> I think – sorry, Brandon. I, th- I think I – th- I do think Fitzpatrick is better than Daniel Jones. Um, Fitz- Fitzpatrick, to me, at this point, just because of his age, is – probably like a tier four, maybe three on a good day. <clears throat> That's the key on a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when the Fitz magic is alive, that he bumps up to like a two or three, you know, but, uh, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think at this point, uh, Daniel Jones has a higher ceiling just because he is more athletic. Um, he's, you know, got more of a, I guess, ability to improvise and whatnot. Whereas Fitzpatrick is definitely just much more of a game manager, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's a new team. So I don't know. Anyways, although he's, this is like his eighth new team, so nothing, <laughs> nothing that new for him. But no. um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I do think Washington wins because uh, that I do think they have a better defense, uh, especially the front seven, um, and I think that they're offensively. I think they'll probably be about the same. I like some of New York's weapons a bit more. But, you know, Washington, uh, they're still, you know, they got like B, B-plus guys on the offense. So, you know, still not mm-hmm. bad. But When you look at both the Giants, and we'll get to them next, um, and Washington, that's probably the significant thing is like the offensive weapons piece for them. Yeah. Right. And like we'll, we'll start with Washington with Curtis Samuel. I think bringing him in was huge. Right. I think bring like he just fits what they he just he's a perfect complement to Terry McLaurin. 
he's a perfect complement to him. It's going to take some pressure off him to be the number, like the guy that catches all the balls. Like that's going to be so effective for them. Um, Logan Thomas, of course, who developed tremendously last year. They, they have nice weapons and Ryan Fitzpatrick has a nice shot to be consistent, but I'm not confident to say that he will be yet. Yeah. And I think Antonio Gibson is a pretty underrated running back as well. And McKissick going McKissick. Also, they're going to expand his role a little bit too. So they're going to be a nice one to punch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, uh, Gibson, he's not a Saquon Barkley, <laughs> but, um, but he still, you know, carries, carries his weight mm-hmm. without a doubt. Uh, let's do X factor players for this team. Brandon, who is yours? I don't know. It's the, it's the, <laughs> it's Washington. Like, is it just Fitzpatrick for you? I don't know. Let me, it is for me. come back to me. It is for you. Uh, I'm going to go on the defense. I'm going to go with a guy that we didn't we didn't really talk about in the defensive player of the year discussions, but he probably should have been in all fairness. Cameron Curl. He's hmm. he actually was really good last year. His advanced statistics, his advanced analytics statistics were very good. Um, he was so helpful on the back end with Landon Collins there as well. I think he'll be coming back this year like. That's gonna be an interesting. That's gonna be an interesting backline for for uh you know for a team that really needs like consistency in the secondary. So I think I think Cameron is, is my pick. It's an underrated one, but he had a great year again, especially advanced stat wise, um, as a rookie. So I think next year he's gonna step it up and be a guy that I think a lot of people are gonna look at defensive play of the year conversations with him. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean. I, I guess I, I would say Fitzpatrick for me because I think the defensively I don't really worry about them. For me, my concern is how can they produce offensively, and I know they have the pieces at receiver, running back, so on and so forth. But for me, the giant question mark is just Fitzpatrick. You know, can he can he step up? And I think he can, uh, but do I think he will? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I think Ron Rivera, I think it's good that Ron Rivera and the staff have has confidence in him. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. Um, but whether or not that confidence could waver, could we see Heineke at some point? I don't think that will happen, but we could see it. Um, I'm not too, I, I wouldn't be too surprised. Let's go to the Giants. Um, the interesting news coming out of New York this week was Saquon. Uh, talking about that he might not be fully healthy for week one. Brandon, what do you think about that if he's not fully healthy the first month of the year? How does that affect the Giants? Uh, I think they're going to do the same thing that they've done. I, like Saquon's the only really good piece they have on offense. Because like Daniel Jones is fine. Mm. Like, I love Galladay and Slayton, though. I was gonna well, say. Okay, yeah. but here's the thing. Like, okay, you kind of need a good quarterback to to use, deal with that. To use good wide receivers. Like Daniel Jones is fine, right? Like he he'll get it done. He'll he like. But the problem is, um, I don't know if the, I don't know if I if it's if it's the 
O-line or if it's him. But it's one of them. So this is this is his last year. If he ain't if he ain't like this this team is the best team he's had. Right? You got Saquon, you got Kenny Galladay, you picked up Kadarius Tony in the draft. You have Darius Slayton, you have a speedster in John Ross, who we'll see what he does in the preseason. I think that's going to be a huge key for him. He'll be on the 53 man, but watching him on the preseason, does he still have that speed, still have that burst and new location? That's going to be super important from Anstrelling Shepard. Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph could be a really nice one-two punch as well. They picked up Kelvin Benjamin in the offseason, which is interesting. So offensively speaking, they're nice at the top, but they also have some depth. And so if you're Daniel Jones, you're looking at this and going, yeah, this is a Regard the old line is not going to be that good. It wasn't expected to be good. It never has been good in his tenure so far, but the weapons are there and he needs to show out S- simply, simply put like statistically, he needs to have like a comeback year and really ball out. And it, it's hard to imagine him not because if you give this, if you give this roster to any other quarterback, that's like really, really solid. Like they're gonna ball out, yeah. So like that—that's that's the main concern here. And for me, they—it's same thing as Washington. I like the team. I just have a big question mark at quarterback, and that's therefore he's my expected player. I think he's mine as well, Brandon. And I are you there? Yeah, with that too. Like I don't think there's another. Well, no, one. I mean, I. I don't... I feel like my extractor would probably be like, I don't know, somebody on the O line or, yeah, like like for example, an Andrew Thomas or something like that. Yeah, Will Hernandez, the, yeah. the guys that are pretty, pretty straightforward. Either that or J- Daniel Jones, because it's like as we've talked about. I mean, you look at the you look at the like the wide receiver and tight end pieces they have. If he can pull it together. They should be able to compete, but they if 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 like honestly, if they start let let's let's say Thanksgiving, maybe even earlier than Thanksgiving. If by week six, like we're gonna know by week six or seven whether or not Daniel has it with this group or not. And if yeah. they do, they they win this division and they're a playoff team. And maybe even a competitive one. If they don't, then we're going to know. We're going to know by week six, probably. I I don't even think Thanksgiving. I think week six or seven, we're going to know. Like, they're going to be the one team that will know right away what they are after the first, like, month and a half. And even if he is, like, even if they are, you know, like a kind of a low seed playoff team, and he does just, you know, like just enough to get him there, but he's not like amazing, which I think is honestly probably the most likely thing that happens mm-hmm. if all goes well. Then do they still move off of him? Because I think they do. I so like here's I don't know. This is not best case scenario, obviously, but this is like. I don't know what's the word. Like, this is like best case scenario is making the playoffs. The second best case scenario for them is, is basically Arizona Cardinals last year. 
because what it is is like Kyler plays at a really, really good level. And Dan, in this case, Daniel plays at a really, really good level where you know that you're comfortable re-signing him. You didn't make the playoffs. And like, we know that that defense is going to be bad. So he's going to have to put up points, right? It's kind of what, what I'm saying. Like this, it, it feels eerily similar to last year with Arizona because defense is not going to be good. So for New York, for, for the Giants, yeah, I don't think they're going to be that good. They, not bad. I mean, they have, they have Leonard Williams, their linebacking core isn't that impressive. Um, so defensively, like, I, I don't know. I just feel like best, not best case scenario, but close to it where you can keep him. Like Blake Martinez doesn't have it anymore. Like James Bradbury is pretty good. Xavier McKinney's pretty, like the back end's good, but the front, like the linebackers are not good. Defensive line is nice, but it's still developing. I, I, I could totally see this being a situation like Arizona last year. And that's not a bad thing. I think that's a good thing. I think it's a bad thing for Daniel Jones though. Cause if that happens, they, they probably move off of him. but I, I wouldn't we'll if that's the case. We'll see though. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. What what's the next team on our docket here? Let me see. Dallas. Dallas. Yes, Dallas. Dallas. Uh, Jerry Jones. Very outspoken Jerry Jones. And I Dak, couldn't believe what I heard from him recently. Yes. So Go so ahead. Dak. So let's let's preface this by saying that Dak is good. He's one hundred percent. He's going to play in the preseason. We'll see him in the Hall of Fame game against the Steelers to open up preseason. Nice. We we know he's good, but like. Jerry basically said, like, I'll do anything to get a Super Bowl ring this week. And I'm sitting here like, okay, do you really think Dak's a Super Bowl quarterback? And if you really believe that, why didn't you do that to you? Why didn't you do why didn't you find a quarterback two years ago that can get you to a Super Bowl? Like there were tra- like, don't get me wrong, there there probably were trade options, right? Like you could probably go get somebody. Like that, that's what I kind of like. He said that this week, and I'm sitting there like with Dallas. I'm like, yeah, you do realize that three, what is it now? Three years ago, you had a top 10 defense with Dak not playing very well. That was maybe your best shot in the Dak era to win a Super Bowl because you had a top 10 defense. Not even that, you had a top five defense. Frick that, you had a top five defense, <laughs> and you still had Dak there. If you're really committed to winning a chip, that, that was your year. It's not gonna be this year. It's not no. gonna be anytime soon because your all line is not what it used to be. I think Dak is a. I think he's a top, like twelve, quarterback in the league. Uh, right now, but when, you know, like you said, the offensive line is getting worse. The defense. Is also getting worse. Even they picked up Malik. They finally picked up a yeah. safety. They finally picked up Malik Hooker, even though he's had a bunch of injuries. He's still fairly capable when he's healthy. They at least they, finally got a safety today. But yeah. yeah. I mean, when you you know, he can't he can't do it all himself, you know. I mean, even like even the very best like top five guys <laughs> need some help <laughs> at quarterback, you know? And so, yeah, they got great 
quarterback and weapons and, you know, the things that are flashy and shiny and make you look cool on TV because that's Jerry Jones for, for you. But I don't know. I don't uh, I don't feel good about them. Uh, they I mean, I think I think the only thing that got going for them is that they have a good quarterback and they aren't going to be last in the division. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Brandon, what are your overall thoughts on Jerry Jones's comments and who's your X factor for this team this year? I think Jerry Jones is starting to realize that his he's probably not going to see the Dallas Cowboys win a Super Bowl before he dies. Like, he he just he sounds desperate as hell. And I'm like, yeah, that's what you get when you don't make when you are involved in the drafting and you decide to draft the shiny the shiny thing. The glamorous except thing. This yeah. Year. Except yeah, this year. Which was weird. Uh and yeah, I mean and so I say that I don't – I guess the X Factor would, again, have to be Dak Prescott because I feel like Dallas has enough pieces on offense to be dangerous if Dak Prescott could have a good season. Like, he was having a decent one last year before he got hurt. And, you know, I I don't know. Shane, what about you for X Factor? Well, I do. Well, Dak is important. They're not going to win games because of him because I mean even last year before he went out they were still like what two and three sure so he's I think to me what they need is they need that defense to step up whatever (laughs) they've got Um, and so to me my X factor is Micah Parsons, hmm. which the rookie. Yeah. The rookie, which I, I don't think I've ever picked a, a rookie for X factor player, but now I am I deal with it. And <laughs> it's not a bad pick. It's actually a really good pick <laughs> uh, because, you know, middle linebacker, that's, you know, it's your quarterback on defense. I mean, that's, that's your leader guy in the middle who, um, who dictates the flow. And, you know, I think they, going forward they really need to build something strong there and i think it starts with him uh i think he's definitely a capable player and you know considering he's in the heart of that defense it just makes sense to me Mm -hmm. uh for me it's zeke horrible year last year terrible i i'm worried about him not only in real life but for a fantasy perspective just because that line is so bad and a huge reason why like he's a great back but huge reason why he is is that O-line, and that O-line is not really built to support him nowadays. Yeah, they got um, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin, basically. Who are all old. Yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Like it's yeah, no, I mean it's yeah. It it I, for me like Zeke runs that offense and I worry that he's he signed that contract and he could be one of those guys that you look back on and say, "Oh, he signed that contract and then he turned into a mid-level inconsistent back." Because that's what we saw last year. And I'm kind of worried we're going to see that again this year. I'm in better shape now, at least. Yeah. Because <laughs> he went to Cabo again, probably. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I Again, like, my, my biggest thing is I look at this team and I think about Jerry Jones and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you had, like, if you, if you had any shot at a Super Bowl, it was, like, Dak's first year and then, like, three years ago. Yeah. And, like, that, that's – because, like, the thing with this team is they need a top-10 defense to be remotely competitive, not only in the division, which I guess whatever with the division, but in the playoffs. And I don't think they have it here. Um, lastly, for this division is the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I mean, we've talked about the Eagles and – their fall from grace here for months now. Um, but expectations for Jalen Hurts. Shane, go ahead. Do you think your guy Joe Flacco is going to get some time here this season or no? This is a conversation that we've had before. Well, I mean, you know, if they have, if they have half a brain, they will start Joe Flacco, the GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, I haven't done that bit in a while. Um, no, I think at this point, um, I'm not even, I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts at all. <laughs> I don't think he's, I don't think he's good. Um, but I think he is better than Joe Flacco because. Flacco is older and very one-dimensional, <laughs> whereas Jalen, at least you have, you know, run game and you can kind of improvise and stuff, so that's cool. But this team just has so many other problems besides quarterback. You know, I think they've got – they have struggled to hit on receiver in the draft. Maybe that'll change now with Devontae Smith. We will see. That's the that's I'll, I'll list this team's positives in a bit, but keep going. Yeah. Um, and the offensive line, kind of like Dallas, is getting old. It's it is biggest, old. Well, yes. Forget it. It is old. But it's I mean, but it's like one of their biggest strengths, which is kind of ironic. But um yeah, I don't and I, I mean, they really only have two guys on defense that I really like. I don't know. To me, this team finishes bottom three in the entire league <laughs> next year, if I'm being real with you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and I think that they made a, a terrible hire <laughs> for head coach. Yeah, <laughs> Sirianni right now, I think we're lukewarm with him right now. Yeah, at least I am. Yeah, lukewarm is, is generous. Uh, at least I'm lukewarm with uh, him. I got to watch. 
yeah, no, I mean, you got to give him a chance, obviously, but yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I, I'm not feeling good about Philly at all. Yeah. And I feel sorry for Philly. <laughs> so, so positive. I think Hertz is a positive. I said it all last year. Yeah. Was he up and down? Sure. I mean, he didn't really get a lot of time. Like, like to, if they're going to win any substantial amount of games, Hertz and Devontae are going to have to ball out. And there are going to be games next year where they do. But there also are going to be games where they don't. I know it's not the best take in the world, but that's that's factual. Yeah. I just think that Hertz is going to have to do everything. And I don't necessarily think that that is a bad thing. I think it can help his development. I don't think that's uh, yeah, but I don't think that's I mean, it might benefit him long term. But this year, I don't think he's ready for that. It's not it's not winning football. Yeah, but at least if they're willing to, which right now they're not 100% sold on, which I think is ridiculous. If they are willing to, if I'm Sirianni, I'm like, he's our starter. I don't care what anyone says. He's going to play all whatever, eight, how many weeks we got now? Well, 17 for the teams individually. Yeah. He's going to play all 17. And I don't care if he struggles. Let's see what we have in him. And because yeah, last cause, year, yeah, last like year we did. <laughs> last year we did. Like last year we did see it, but we didn't see it enough. Is always been my claim with him. No, it was very, it, it just kind of random. Yeah. So yeah. I think Hertz is a positive. I think Devonte is a positive. I honestly think this receiving core is more of a positive than you would think. Uh, just because they have the ability to be effective, they just do do. Other than Devonte, they don't do a great job of getting out of routes and finding holes. So you're going to see Hertz run a lot. Um, that, that running back joke that we say for Lamar, I think we could say for Hertz next year. <laughs> I don't think that'd be surprising. Um, yeah, the running maybe. backs are good. The running backs are good. I, Sanders and Scott are nice. Uh, tight end, the fact that Ertz is still there, I, 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 I'm not surprised that his market was fairly empty. It's not like teams care about tight end that much. But the fact that he's still going to be there, it's not my favorite thing in the world. Um, Elijah well, says old defensively, Brandon Grant, like this defense, this defense is fine. Ryan Kerrigan's a nice ad. Javon, like they have a good defensive line. Okay. Linebacking core picking up Kerrigan corners are pretty solid. They got some young, they got Kavon Wallace developmental guy. They're fine. Defensively is the best thing I could say. Um, but I think the X Factor player is definitely Jalen here for sure. Brandon, what are your thoughts on Philly? Uh, I think Philly is going to have a real hard time this year. Um, I think Philly doesn't have much hope. Um, yeah, that's why they're about Philly. Yeah. Do, do you all feel like Hertz is your X Factor this year? Yeah, probably. get an X Factor because there's no hope. <laughs> yeah. No. That's, no yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, probably. I, I feel so bad, but I, I think as a show, we're the most, maybe even depressed is the right word. We're the most depressed about Philly <laughs> because, like, there are, there are teams that are going to be worse than them. 
But the reality is for that fan base and what they've been through over the last year is winning a ring. It's just like to fall that far. That's the thing. They just fell so far, so fast. Yeah. And it's like, that's never happened before. I never happened before, but oh well. Um, Brandon, by the way, when I, when I sound like I'm, you know, depressed or like, when I sound like I don't care when I'm sitting here like, oh, it's because I'm like, because I'm genuinely sad. <laughs> I'm not, it's not because I'm like, hey, let's just get it over with. No, so I, like, I, yeah, they like, are the, they are, yeah. they are the, they are, it's sad. Like, I, I think like, honestly, they are the NFL image of what it's like for a team to be depressed. <laughs> like that That's, that's, and that's unfortunate, but that's the reality of or Philly. Detroit. Detroit is more fun. They're more playful. They can be or playful Houston. because of their coach. Houston, they're basically an expansion team. That's a little bit different. <laughs> but yeah. uh, uh, let's go on to better days with the Buffalo Bills. Brandon, uh, how close do you think this team can get to going back to the AFC title game? Uh, well, I mean, they're keeping a fair amount of their team. I I I've so I've said this from the beginning, right? I need to see another year from Josh Allen like I saw last year. If that happens, I think these I think the Bills are going to be competitive for a while. If not, I think the Bills could be in trouble. Because Josh Allen could either be a top-tier quarterback or he could be a quarterback that's off and on. And if he's off and on, then they're going to have to figure it out. Shane, are you like me that I'm not even worried about it? Like, I know he's going to be good, and I don't have to worry about it. Um, I trust him personally. I mean, I, you know, I get the – I totally understand the concern. You know, I'm definitely somebody that, you know, like you, Brandon, I like to really see a lot of a player but the thing is like where I am with Alan is that he I kind of how do I make this not sound pretentious I (laughs) I kind of saw the building blocks with him like the year before and I because you remember I took him like I think 15th in the quarterback draft and you all thought I was crazy and I probably was at the time (laughs) <laughs> but I was like, no, I think this guy is legit. He just needs to, um, he just needs to improve his his uh, accuracy, and and he did. So now, to me, he kind of has all the tangibles, and you know, it wasn't like he just did it sometimes and had the good accuracy sometimes, but he had it every game for 16 games he know, went 10th shane he went 10th in our draft to you in the third round tenth. he went 10th and okay, he finished yeah. as a top three guy yeah i mean Gosh. yeah so um you know and that's i mean i assume he's not going to lose that considering how long he was able to stay consistent like that all year um i mean of course he's obviously gonna have off days here and there 
but um you know i i feel pretty good about it i think um i think the afc Kansas City is the favorite, but honestly, I'm I'm fifty fifty between these two. I'm split. I mean, I think I think Buffalo has a better defense, and I think I mean, no, they don't have as good of an offense as Kansas City, but they can. I mean, that offense can still be explosive, and you know be on par with them I guess at least I think so you know I wouldn't be surprised if we saw them in the Super Bowl you know Buffalo Daily News oh sorry Shane go go ahead my bad no I was done oh um Buffalo Daily News talked about Cole Beasley potentially being a cut candidate it wouldn't surprise me with everything that he said but also you look at that receiving core I don't think they really need him like Isaiah McKenzie can easily jump into that third spot if they need him. Uh, Gabe Davis could be in for a bigger role this year, but Emmanuel Sanders primarily can completely easily, easily fit that role for them. Oh, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised. Um, that's it's a, like Emmanuel's just a guy that's always a good signing, no matter where he's at, because he can fit that wide receiver three role. Uh, Gabe Davis is in for a breakout year, I think. The one issue I have with buffalo at least offensively speaking defensive they're fine defensive they're good um they need to get back like last year like you we've seen in past years how good buffalo's defense could be like last year they were a little up and down um and a lot of that was due to COVID opt-outs i think too i think so too um but I, 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 if they get back to a top five defense, like they're, I mean, they're already a Super Bowl contender right now, but they'll, they'll be even more so. Uh, but the main concern for me with them is what they're doing at running back. Like they kind of have to pick a number one guy. And Singletary was not very consistent. Moss was 100% more consistent. I think he had more snaps by the end of the year, or at least towards uh, December and January. So my one concern is that running back room and what they're going to do there. Um, they're going to keep both of them, but how are they going to deal with that snap share? Share is going to be pretty critical to give yeah. Josh Allen a bit of a break. Um, so that's my number one concern with that team right now, which all things considered is not that major of a concern because it worked last year. Hmm. Yeah. So Brandon, for you to finish off, Josh Allen would be your X factor for you. Mm-hmm. offensively speaking um and then shane who who is it for you um dang, who is it for me um i don't know i mean as much as i would say josh allen i'm i feel like he'll be fine so i don't really i don't really worry about him in terms of his importance to team um you know i'm gonna come back to me who's yours it's gonna be gabe davis i think he has a chance to break out i really do i think he has a chance to break out there were there were moments 
particularly towards, I guess, middle, like week 12, 13, 14, kind of like that range, where he also got a little bit of fantasy buzz as well. He's someone I can totally see breaking out and being like that, that quintessential number two behind digs. And if that happens, they can get to a next level offensively. I can totally see that happening. I think mine, this might be a bit out of the box, but I'd say Tremaine Edmonds. I like that. I like that. Because I think when you look at that defense, I think they have a pretty good pass defense with guys like uh, Mike Parsons and uh, uh, Tredavious. Tredavious White, Levi Wallace as well. Micah Hyde, Jordan Boyer, they're pretty yeah. good in the back end. So, you know, I don't worry too much about that, but where they did struggle was definitely in the run game, and that starts with your front seven. And, um, you know, I think you got to get a guy like uh, uh, Edmund to, to come – or uh, yeah, yeah, Edmonds to come I was out. Like, I was like, who did I say? <laughs> yeah, to um, – we're deep in the night, folks. We're yeah, almost done. To, uh, you know, to balance it out and um, be a playmaker. Mm-hmm. Get, that run, get that run defense going. Miami. Brandon, what are your overall thoughts on Miami? You were so impressed with them last year. Do you expect a leap from Tua, or are you a little bit concerned with that? Uh, no. I do not expect <laughs> a Mm-hmm. Um, Does that concern you in terms of uh, how they'll grow next year? Do you think they have a shot to grow if Tua doesn't grow himself? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'm just being too hard on Tua. I don't know if you are. I really don't know if you are. And... I think he has a low ceiling is the problem. And I look like, like I even think that they feel that way. That's kind of what freaks me out is like they picked up Jacoby Brissett. It's like they didn't pick him up for no reason. Right. Right. And so like, <laughs> um, he's a capable starter. Like he in, is. He's a in, capable starter. Not, not necessarily as like a permanent solution, but just for a couple of games here and there, you know, so it does freak me out <laughs> a little bit. I don't I don't think that I I like to uh I think last year having Fitz there wasn't good for him. I, I don't know if having Brissett there's good for him in all fairness, <laughs> but he's the starter. I I'll let's just see some development. Preseason might give us a better idea of where he's at in his development, but I mean, I, I want to give him a chance, obviously, you know. Yeah. He's definitely my X factor, though, because I think I think they have the pieces everywhere else in the field. They I picked up Jalen Waddle, too. I just don't know about him, you know, about Tua. Yeah. Devontae Parker, Mike Kosicki's pretty solid. Yeah, I yeah. don't their, – their O-line is something to be worried about, I think, but eventually yeah. they're fine. Like Especially when you're – They're capable. Isn't super athletic and is injury prone. (laughs) Like, so yeah. So I, I, I like Miami, but if two goes up a step, they, they can, they can make some noise in the playoffs because the AFC is way too top heavy. 
for them yeah. not to make some noise. So I think for all of us, even, it would be Tua. For the you can even be like a top, you know, I mean, not even t- just like a, you know, tier three guy, you know, I think they'll be competitive. Yeah. But yeah. I think for all of us, it's Tua. And then we finish out with the New York Jets. Um, <laughs> developmental <laughs> thing with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson has been impressive in camp from rookie mini camp to now he has been really impressive and that's something for the first time in a few years a good thing to take away from the jets like the jets haven't made news in camp in a while (laughs) the fact that that this news today like that that's or this news from how he's been at camp like that's a positive for them and We'll have to see how it goes in the regular season. I mean, it's just camp. But the fact that we're actually getting good reports out of Jets camp is something to at least be happy about if you're a Jets fan. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the the Jets, you know, while they might have good forward momentum from this, I still am not. You know, I, I'm not expecting much from them. Let's put it that way. Are are they going to be good? No, they're not yeah. at a spot where There's they can be good. Way too much new stuff. You know. Yeah, they're but, not going to be good. No, but even with that, the fact that he's just good with camp that's that's all that matters. Yeah, I, I assume for both of you, you guys have Zach Wilson. I have uh, I have Elijah Vera Tucker actually. I like that, you know. Yeah, rookie guy. I, I think I think you really need to. Uh, you need him to come into that O line and kind of complete it, so that you can give Zach Wilson time. <laughs> and that's pocket. exactly what they're doing. So right. I mean, that's to, a positive. So that to let him make plays, since he is a rookie, and they have a rookie head coach, things are going to be rusty. So you know, just you can at least establish a semi good pocket. I think that helps you greatly. This team is in a great position to develop young rookies, not only Zach Wilson, but yeah. my X factor, Michael Carter, their third round pick. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think that he should start immediately. I think he will start at some point. I don't think Tevin Coleman's going to have that job for long. Um, it's kind of the Denver situation where I feel like giving a rookie running back a shot is a good idea. And so I, I feel like Michael Carter has a chance to be a really nice player, not right away, but by midseason, I think at least for volume's sake, he could be a guy that can be very capable. He could kind of be like the Miles Gaskin type this year for the Jets, potentially. Yeah. He's the one rookie that I feel that way about. Yeah. So yeah. So, especially when that running back room isn't that impressive. Um, finally, I couldn't, I unfortunately can't pull up the picture because I do have some issues with Zoom with uh, the um, the share screen tonight. But uh, any thoughts on the Cleveland Indians becoming the Cleveland Guardians? Does it even, like, do these name changes over the last few years even matter that much? Like, it's, it's fairly new to us as sports fans in our lifetimes, but, I mean, it's happened before. Like, yeah, I'm not... I'm, I actually kind of like it. I know a lot of people don't, 
but like I was I'm okay with it. Like it's not that bad to see teams change names. Yeah, I mean, especially if it's um Yeah, you know, I guess the problem that I always had with a name like the Indians is that it's um it's uh I mean the obvious thing is that it's just it's inaccurate because <laughs> <laughs> I mean even though uh, Native American people are called um, Indian on paper, uh, they're they're obviously not Indian. <laughs> they're American, um, you know. So <clears throat> I um, yeah, I mean I don't really have an issue with uh, with them saying you know we should probably. Um, change our name to something that's not so you know outdated i guess um and just you know doing something like the guardians which is i mean yeah it's kind of generic but you know it works (laughs) at least yeah i feel like we're gonna say the same thing to whatever the washington football team changes their name into going into 2022 it's probably just gonna be something super generic (laughs) And then we're At just least like, they had okay. like a fan poll, you know? Yeah. That was cool. But so. yeah. That's uh so that's how I think that's how I feel about the name overall. It's fine, we'll get used to it. It's basically the same color scheme too, so there's not too much change there. Now so. I wonder though if uh if like if this is gonna happen with the Atlanta Braves, Cincinnati Reds. Potentially, uh, I think. Chicago I think. Blackhawks. How do you feel, Brandon, about I it? I think overall? with teams like, I think it's, it's the right thing to do. I yeah, think. Geez. Like a lot, apparently, a lot of, um, a fair amount of people who are part of these actual tribes, when they're asked about it, kind of just are like whatever. Like they, yeah, like, they don't really care. They, they don't really care about it. Uh, but I think it's a situation where it's like because there's been enough uh, issues of like fans being like using it like as like appropriation. Yeah, it's kind of like I think teams just kind of want to get rid of the issue entirely. Yeah, get rid of um, the conversation. Because like if you think about it, you have. Cause like the thing with the with the Indians was uh they they got rid of their mascot name their mascot two and years they, ago and they got rid of the actual Indians logo just the C for yeah, like the last two years they got rid of uh Chief Wahoo yeah which I think is was actually worse than the name but um <laughs> yeah how how do you feel Brandon do you feel like it's generic. I mean, like generic in what way? It just feels kind of flat to me. Like it, it, it's not a good thing. It's not necessarily a good name or a bad name. Like I'll get used to it, but it still feels very it's flat. So generic. Oh, like the new name? Yeah, like Guardians. Like it just yeah. feels flat. It, it feels, it's pretty generic. But at the same time, as I saw a tweet today, uh, I saw it's a name feels weird until it's been used a cu- for a couple years. Right. Um, and <laughs> it's, <laughs> I don't know. 
it, to me, it feels like uh, it feels like they got in a meeting and said, "Okay, gotta change the name. Uh, what's it gonna be?" Then some guy, then everyone's silent. And then some 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 guy or gal says like. How about the Guardians? Sure. Okay. Great. That was yeah. Amazing. It's like that's it's like, like that's like what LeBron said on the tweet about the Washington football team. It's like everyone was <laughs> yeah. hyped yeah. up, and it's like it was like they went into a boardroom and they came up with the Washington football team. Well, I think LeBron said something like a bunch of white guys went into a boardroom, and that's what they came up with. I was like, damn, LeBron. Okay. I mean, facts, but damn. <laughs> <laughs> Does the Washington football team like? I know. I know. We're not. We're only gonna have it for one more year. But is it is it comfortable for you guys now? I like the name. I, I love the name, honestly. I want them to keep it just to kind of be like, fine, if you don't want Washington Redskins, we'll do the Washington football team. Actually, no. You know what I want them to become? I want them to become the Washington Chinchillas. Because... <laughs> <laughs> It Where came to it from? came to my mind just randomly, and I was like, you know what? That would be hilarious. <laughs> what would be the logo? It would be a chinchilla, <laughs> the least threatening creature on planet Earth. Oh because God. to be honest, the Washington is the least threatening football team on planet Earth. Shane, have you gotten comfortable with the Washington football team name after one season? I mean, yeah, but I don't like it. Why yeah. do you not like it? Because it's not a name. It's yeah, just it is. Washington. No, football team. It, every Seattle football team. You can... LA football team. That's, that's, <gasps> no, that's you know what they should do? The they, should be, they, should be, uh, they should be Washington FC. I mean, that's basically what the, the bit, like people always make the claim like it's kind of like soccer with like Chelsea FC. Yeah, Usually what it is, but it's like instead of football club, it's football team. It's FT. Just be, just be Washington FT. Nobody I mean, that's that, what it is. That's what it, that's what the WFT stands for. But it's like I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, War Warriors are apparently out of the consideration for them. I don't know. It's been a Warriors come out and play. I've, I've heard Monarchs. Um, capitals. Oh, like the like the, like no. the like the fly? Is it? Wait, is the Capitals their? Uh, is that their? That's like the their hockey, hockey team. team. Okay, so, oh, Senators. That was the, the name Senators. So we're gonna have the Ottawa Senators, which is the capital of Canada, have a hockey team, and then in America. Our biggest sport, football, is gonna have the senators in our capital. Yeah. Really, like okay. But let me pull up names, ideas. Like what? What are people? There was like ten names? of them. I can't remember what they all were, but there was there was like one that was animal related. Yeah, I like the, bro. I don't know what. Look, I'm just saying the chinchillas is a great name. Chinchilla. Yeah, just I don't know. I, I I don't know. I feel like it's just me playing either way. But that's it for the night. Uh we'll see, but we'll probably we'll get uploaded at some point early next week, uh, both of our episodes, but definitely a fun bit of content. Um, I'm out of town geez, for the next like two weeks, technically, for the show. Um, so you guys hold down the fort. Going to Sacktown, right? I'm going to Sacramento. Yeah, I will. I'm actually going to the California Classic, watching some G League. 
or not G while watching G league players, rookies and sophomores, but like summer league ball. So I'm actually going to have a summer league report when I come back, which is something that I, I we've covered summer league in the past for some of like the bigger teams, but we don't normally talk about the teams at the top of the heap, like the Lakers, like, um, you know, like the heat or whatever, the the Kings have the ninth pick in the draft. And if the Warriors use their, whatever their, their pick in the draft, whatever that I said, the seventh pick and the 14th pick, uh, I'll get a chance to watch those guys live in person. So I definitely will come back with a report about those guys. So um, that should be super fun to actually have like a summer league uh, segment again. And um, a lot of our stuff, of course, with the Olympics and all that, but that's going to be kind of our main thing over the next month. And then we're at riding the football. So good stuff. All right. We will see you all later on. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody, since we are recording this on Friday and we will see you all next time. See ya. See ya.